Welcome to the Feral Minds Podcast. You are right where you need to be, and we are glad you're here. Come seek with us as we laugh at what we have known and find direction from what our curiosities demand we learn. All right, all right, all right. Today's episode, we're going to do a little sniff test. We're going to check in to see if we can recognize the ripe aroma of change. Not only can we recognize it, we've smelt it before, and we're going to give you a few examples of how we've smelt it. And, and maybe you have the ripe aroma of change circling right around you, and you're yet to really catch that sniff. Yeah, it doesn't always have a, have a bad smell. It can be a very subtle aspect of life, but rest assured, change is life. I love some of the synonyms that come along with it. Uh, development, growth, diversification, transformation, metamorphosis, evolution. And rest assured that that is life's ultimate goal on this planet is to change, to evolve, to grow, to become more essentially than it had been at one point. There's a lot of metaphors, analogies around out there. I'm hoping we build a few of them here today. That's, that's what's going to help articulate my understanding of change is going to be through a few metaphors. Um, well, we want to help you recognize the stench in your nostrils because you say it, it can be a subtle smell i think by the time you wake up to some of these changes that we've been through it's a full-blown stench right you, you've just learned to breathe out of your mouth so you've taken your nose out of the equation because that sense is now failing you and it's reminding you that i've got this change all around me and it stinks and uh, i'm avoiding it and the longer i avoid it the stench just it keeps building on me it yeah. keeps building on me. And so, and so when we talk stench, like that, that's one of the metaphors that, you know, I'll go into. It's, you know, with, with, with getting your pants changed in life. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping we build that one up. You know, there's... Uh, we're both, and I'll say this, we're both fathers. And so we have extensive firsthand knowledge on changing diapers. And so we're, we're incredibly qualified for this conversation. And we never knew all those diapers we were changing we're building us to this inflection point, yeah. which is. The, 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 the metaphor for change is that it's almost like change would be that load of crap in your pants. And it's time for a change. You either need to change your pants or you need to change that load that's in there. Now, that seems obvious. That's real simple to do whenever you have a baby, when we're talking about it here in the, in the analogy, and you can smell it on it. Like you can tell when they need their pants changed, when they need to be cleaned off, reset. And they don't realize that, though. See, and that's really where the metaphor comes into be. It is a metaphor about a change, a difference, a transition, <laughs> um, a diversification that is absolutely necessary in your life, like having crap in your pants as a baby, but either having no awareness to do it, to make that change for yourself, no ability or no desire. Yeah. You know, and, and when you look at it through those three things, like you start seeing it when you look at it through the serenity prayer, you'll uh, find a, a very embracing attitude towards change that, again, is something I think that we'll look at, at these metaphors through that lens. Not only the one about needing to get pants changed, but about the waves crashing down on you, the flames of change around you that are, that are needed to burn down the old to bring in the new. And to catch the refreshment of being changed. So back to your son's example, or you could choose my kids because they could lay down a diaper like you've never seen. I'm proud I taught them that. 
But the reality is there, there's a moment where you're fighting change and you're sitting in your own waist and you're, you're kicking, you're rolling, you're screaming, and you don't want the change. But then when you get the change, ah, oh, the ability to lay back and now feel refreshed. And you wonder why you fought the change. And that is incredibly analogous to a lot of things we go through in life. We fight the change, fight the change, and then the change happens, the circumstances change, and we move on in the direction that we're supposed to move on. And oftentimes when you look back at some of these changes, you, you got to learn to recognize how much of this was meant to happen to get you where you are today. I, I think of a tree as the ultimate analogy for change to me. So a tree constantly has to be growing. And if a tree doesn't grow, it dies. And you can go out there with your chainsaw and you can hack at a living tree. What's it going to do? The next day, it's coming back. It's coming back. It has to keep growing. If it doesn't grow, then it stagnates and death sets in. And so we have a perfect example of life and change. Growth is the change you need in order to continue life. And if you don't continue to embrace that change, or if you fight that change, there will be death to something. It might be death to your joy. It might be death to your career, which we're going to touch on our deaths and our careers and let everybody giggle at some of the mistakes that we've made that now we hope you have an opportunity to learn from. And, and back to the serenity prayer. G give us the serenity prayer. Let's, let's start that up. For anybody that doesn't know the serenity prayer, maybe give us a little background on where it came from, why it's relevant here. So it does require a belief that there is a higher power, which to an extent a little bit, so does our little pants changing analogy does. Let's you check know. that box. We, we don't care what higher power you believe in. Yeah. We will assume that anybody listening to this has concluded there is a higher power. And I guess if you haven't, maybe just listen to it anyway. Yeah, it's but something we're to think running about. with that assumption. I listened to a whole lot of philosophies in life that based on higher power before I ever started understanding my own philosophy towards it. You know, and that's, that's some of what we're going to go on here, too, when we talk about our different aspects of change. This is, this is our different philosophy of change, our own spin on it, if you will. Yeah. And none of ours are going to look like anyone else's. So the But there prayer. are going to be some similarities you need. And, and then there's, there's that one, because I say that because it is, it's a prayer. So it's a, a calling to a higher power. So it's asking, insert higher power name here, <laughs> please help me accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that is where I say we're going to look through our metaphors of change through that lens. Where, where did you learn this serenity prayer? Oh, that, that I believe it might be an AA original. And I'm not trying to come in here too much and just pound a bunch of AA philosophies. But I'm telling you, like much like many other books that I've read most of <laughs> when it comes to any sort of self-help. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me, let me, let's roll that back for a minute. You've read a lot of books, but not all the books. So how do you, how do you make that statement? I, I would say I, I've read most of a lot of self-help <laughs> books. <laughs> I wouldn't say okay. I've read most of them. Okay. <laughs> I think we've all, any of us that have dined on self-help for a while, we know that feeling. How many of those books have you not completed? Uh, man. If I get two-thirds of a way through a self-help book, I'm calling that a victory. Oh, well, my thing is, is like, okay, great. You've took 250 pages to, to, to basically to tell say me what. Yeah. Yes. Of course, that does need to be said sometimes. You know, some people need to have the aspect of a point yeah, articulated I'm not, out. I'm wow. not judging it because, I, you know, self-help is whatever it needs to be for you at the moment when you need it. And though a message may not be for you, it may be for somebody else. 
I, I don't think there's any inherent harm in pursuing self-help to improve yourself. I, I think that's that's great. We all walk through that at some point in time. I think you can stay in a self-help lane for a long time. That's what I was going to say. you got to let it work. Yeah. At some point, you've got to say, I've been self-helped enough. <laughs> it's got to come out of the literature and come into the reality, the physicality of your life. And I think that's, when, when we get in these self-help loops, I, I know I've, I did this for my entire professional career. I just go grab the next book. And sometimes I, I, I felt like if I just knock off a couple more self-help books, then I'll finally find the help that I think I need. Just keep reading, keep reading, right? But it, it, it always left me wondering what was next and wondering if I heard the self-help I needed through this individual's lens or how was that person even qualified to self-help me? But I think back to your point, take it all in, see what it means to you, see how the message echoes through your existence and then apply it as need be. Yeah, the way I was looking at it, it's almost like cliff notes or skimming. And I, I would look at it as almost like the, the idea of missed martial arts. You know, it wasn't like I wanted to study one aspect of how someone else looks at life or one aspect of the way they see a new facet on life. I kind of wanted to take a, one from here, a little snippet from there, mix that all together, sort of like a mixed martial arts style of my life philosophy. Or another way I like to look at it is, you know, like a DJ would. You, know, you bring in a couple, couple beats from here, a couple from over here, different ideas. Mix them all together, put my own spin on never it. Never finish the song. No, nah, no, no. Never yeah. finish the song. Throw the, record, throw the record back in the box. Cause just, just get what you need from it. Right. And, I, and so I've done that with many, many, <laughs> many self-help read, books. You've read a lot of many books. All right. And I've, I've kind of come to that realization on, on the, the AA help book. Was this the Randy Prayer was one of the best things that came out of that. And if there was anything that I would say I've been self-helped enough <laughs> I would like to try to help others. It is in regards to um, embracing change with an optimistic attitude. And not just that, because that falls under the acceptance idea. You know, I uh, assure you, acceptance is an underrated necessary component of sanity. If you're walking through this life without the ability to accept things you can't control, you are making sanity very difficult for yourself. And you're also getting stuck in places where you, you really don't need to be stuck. You need to keep moving. And I think the common theme through the serenity prayer is really it's an overreaching acceptance. It is the idea that there's a lot of this life I can't control and there are going to be moments when I don't perform in ways that I am proud of or, or maybe that didn't have my focus. And those areas, we tend to look back and be harsh or we tend to get stuck and really never take responsibility or never never accept the onus that whatever happened was a product of one, our environment, two, maybe an environment we weren't supposed to be in, and two, and three, I would say if you don't accept it, you never get the lesson because you don't allow yourself to holistically look at whatever the instrument of change was. And for you, I think you have an experience in one of your prior careers that really illustrated this, this inability to accept and when you choose not to accept, you're making a choice to stay in a place that perhaps you shouldn't be. Well, I, I get a little worried about those S words. <laughs> you know, that should, shouldn't. Uh, to me, that brings a mentality that you didn't learn from the past. As soon as you say should, you're throwing a lens of the past that says, I will not learn from that. That is something that should have changed. 
And so you're basically, with that word, asking for change in a place it can't happen. By saying should, you are throwing out there, I'm not accepting. And so that, anybody who who sit around me will oftentimes hear me say, I don't use that What word do you use? How how do you speak to yourself? Instead of using the word should, what, what if you subbed in there to look back and reflect with hindsight and see that, uh, maybe a better option would have been deployed here. What, what do you call that? You would say that was necessary too. Uh, and then you can throw whatever you want on the back end of that. Motivate me to understand, teach me, to give me a lesson. And then whenever you start acknowledging that there was reason, take away that should, because that should says it didn't need to happen. And rest assured, a phrase I love is, nothing is wrong, but everything must change. And that should just saying something's wrong. It says that whatever had happened in your past did not have reason, did not have meaning, and you were refusing to see it. And you probably are going to find yourself in some sort of a smelly pile whenever you do that. Because when you fight against that change, it doesn't like it. And it wants to make it unpleasant. Now, in this aspect, we're calling it a stench. But it could be that feeling you wake up with in the morning of dread to go do whatever you have to do. It could be... Can't enjoy the weekend because you're worried about Monday or what you said to somebody on Friday and how they took it. There are a lot of places to get stuck in reference of avoiding change or when change is trying to work through you and you're resisting it, it has a tendency to blow out sideways on you. Yeah, you get that stagnation when you get stuck. You know, there was something you said earlier that's beautiful. Like, it's keep keep moving. That is how you start embracing what life is, is bringing to you to, to bring you growth. I, I don't want to say that C word too many times because there, these synonyms are oftentimes really more what it's gearing towards. Life doesn't come with this all-embracing need for change just so something's different. Yeah. So while diversification <laughs> is a good synonym for it, there is more to it. It's growth. It's development. It's evolution. It's improvement. And it might be the path that you're supposed to be on that the higher power wants you to be on. That's going to have mountains. It's going to have valleys. It's going to have you doubting the higher power any number of times along your way. But the lessons are in the valleys. And when you're on the mountaintop, it may be comfortable, but the valley's coming. When you look at a valley, if you respect it and take in the lesson, it can be powerful. The valley can accelerate you to the mountaintop. And it can be easy to go into that valley. You know, this is great. This is another little metaphor I hadn't thought about. But when you embrace the change, you just roll down the hill. Accept it. Let it go. One thing I would, I would say on that I like is take your paddles out of the river of life and just let it carry you down. A lot of times when we're fighting change, we're trying to paddle against the flow of life if it's a river of life. Or as you're talking about, maybe you got that valley of change, you're looking down from the top of the hill and you're still trying to climb back up and that hill just keeps getting steeper until it's just going to drop you off the end of it. Or it's gotten slick and it's getting muddy on you and now instead of making progress, you kind of just treadmill at a certain spot where you're at. Yeah, you're going to get there eventually because, you know, life is change, change is life. When When I talk about that taking it easy, you know, life is a living as it regards to the evolutionary process is a verb. It's not a noun. A whole lot of us think we want to go make a living and we're going to get to a place and then stay there. 
you're going to get stagnant. And whenever you try to do that, you're not, you're not really living. You're fighting against life. Living is a verb. It's taking your oars out of the river of life, laying back, and just L-I-V-I-N, just living, not trying to fight life. And, and another way to look at that was a wave, a wave of change. If you take an analogy that the wave is the energy, the motivation, the stink, <laughs> that is letting you know a change needs to come. And oftentimes we're sitting there looking at that wave coming right at us. We wake up every day knowing that we have an area of our life we'd like to improve. Dude, we got to be in shape to paddle against it. Oh, I, mean, I love it's that you so, just mentioned that. It, is so, it takes so much energy to paddle against a current, and that could be a relationship current, a career current. That could be something that is involved with the development of your kids. There's a lot of ways to fight currents, and you probably know it. You know you're in a current, but you're, you're failing to accept it. You're failing that final little piece of, okay, the change is here, or perhaps the change has already happened. And in my mind, I won't allow myself the grace to accept the fact that the change needed to happen. And it, it seems like when we go through these changes, we don't end up in worse spots than where we started. It never plays that way. Like you carry around this misery that is the stench in your britches, and then when you finally go change them, what happens? You feel incredible. And, and I think that's, that's an important lesson given through the lens of a one-year-old that is kicking and screaming about a change until they get the change and now they're at peace with the world. And I think that continues to work with us as we go through changes in life. So take me back to your acceptance lesson. Uh, you, you had a great example here that was in the workplace that I think applies to a lot of us when the stench starts brewing a little bit on you. There's a, there's a percolation in the air of a need for change, but you're not willing to take your, your clothespin off your, your nose at this point. You're, you're going to ignore it for a minute. Tell us about that story. Now, this goes into the way I transitioned out of my last three jobs. I got to a point where I'm sitting around smelling the aroma of change needed. This position no longer suited me. It was no longer fitting my growth, development, transportation, evolution needed in life. And I was sitting there looking at that wave every day when I'd go into either one of the, any one of the three jobs. The first time before I had had any experience with what it felt like to have change crashing down on you, your to big, have change your, sitting in your pants. Your big career. Yeah. When, when you're, tell us about when you're crapping in your big career pants. So I had just burned out to the point I didn't even want to apply any effort. Yet I would show up each day with that in tow, with the, oh, honestly, with that mentality, whenever you go into to your workplace, if you wanted to look at your workplace like it was a, a house around you, I would walk into that workplace with matches in my pocket. <laughs> Every single thing I touched, Sparking I was off. making it work. You were shooting sparks and, from your fingertips. Yeah. And, That's awesome. And I'm watching waves crash down on me. I'm, I'm smelling this need to leave. And instead of grabbing a, a surfboard and hopping on that wave to go change, 
in, instead of embracing those fires and letting it burn down what no longer suits me to allow room for new growth. These are the things that need to happen. You know, th these are the analogies of life and change and, and, and how they work out. And, and, and that was what, looking back in hindsight, I could apply that to that career. But I fought for a long time. I mean, I got really smelly. There were a lot of fires around me. Yeah. And, uh, and that one was rough. Now, the second time around, I've run into that same spot. I don't know if anybody else has gone through burnout. Burnout it, or brownout? No, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah, well put. Yeah. Well put. It's, it's burnout. Exactly. It's, it's the normal exactly. clinical definition. Yeah. How brown are those britches about to get? <laughs> are you, are you striping a chair? <laughs> or, or you just need a brief You need a brief little break from uh, whatever stench you're cooking in. Well, by the time I was at the second place with you, I was just still just striping the chair. <laughs> <laughs> it, didn't, like, it didn't go on nearly long. And, and then, man, the, the wildest one was the third one. I mean, I'm telling you, the third career I had, like, it was well overpaid would be the two words I would go with. And I sat in that for, what are we getting on there? Probably from oh, about three years. And I had no idea how any way this job could ever get to a point where I was walking in and had the aroma of stench and change in me. Like, I, that I was coming in and getting hit by waves that I didn't like anymore. That I could see fires around me that I did not have any way of putting out. I was like, how did I get to this point in this career? And you always want to look at yourself. And that's the way to look. Because the change that you need is always on the inside. No matter how much we do want to point outward to it was the career. That's our natural, it was that's our natural tendency. Fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, it's always somebody else's fault. You're always a victim of it. Especially when you're in it, mm -hmm. when you're when you're going through the throes of that drama, when you know people are talking about you in some HR capacity, when you're in the middle of that, that's one of the most miserable places to exist in. And you can be there for a minute. It's almost a yielding of joy. And you're just going to be you're going to be wondering what's coming every day you show up. And then sometimes you get past nine o'clock and you know, well, they're going to smoke me. They just smoked me before nine o'clock, so uh, I'm safe today. <laughs> I don't know about tomorrow, man, but I'm eating lunch in peace today. And if I can eat lunch with this, this big juicy mess I got in my pants, because I won't accept the change, if you can eat lunch on that, I, I've been on either sides of that, man. I, I've watched employees that there is an HR process, and you, and you do have to build cases. And if, if you've never been a boss, like let this be the lesson for you. Somebody's building a file or a case on you, and if you're a great performer, then uh, there's nothing in that. There, there's nothing in it. Just your reviews, nothing else. But if you've been written up a couple times for whatever reason you're, you're finding challenge in the workplace, there's some conversations going on about how many more times you can make a mistake before they're going to move you out. They're going to change them britches for you. Mm -hmm. And so you know it. And, and sometimes if you're a manager, you've been on both sides. You stood on the side where you were building a case to remove somebody because you knew they weren't performing, and then you've been the person that wasn't performing. And so you know what those rooms are full of, and especially when paperwork gets involved, as a manager, it can be one of the most embarrassing things ever to be the person that has dealt out all this corrective behavior guidance and then to have to have somebody do the same for you. Wow, what a belittling moment in a man's career. But it happens, and it, it happens to a lot of people. And and how you brace that will basically be a measuring stick for how good your life is. Because by the time I got to the third one, I 
I started to fight for it. I started for a second to be, no, this isn't right. You were fighting I'm the not the problem. Yeah, yeah you want yeah, to he was. He you was in there. We were in, the, we were in the exit. I hadn't gotten to the signing paper point yet, but, like, I feel it coming up. Yeah, it was on and the I'm rise. And like, I was like, do I want to, do I want to put yeah. this fire out or do I want to just let her burn? Your decline was on the rise. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And in that moment, I started to, and it just clicked. I was like, every time you transition, life just gets better. When you fall out of a situation, you just slip into a better one. <laughs> and, and that was my new narrative around a career transition, whether it was or wasn't my choice. I decided whatever does come out of this will be exactly the change I need. And I will love and embrace and grow from that change. And sure enough, after three tries of it, that was where I'd gotten to. And after leaving that place was when I opened my eyes to the life around me that was already available to live in the choice. And the change that I thought was going to be so scary, painful, and hard was right there just waiting on me to slip into it like a warm bath. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't any of the difficulty that I thought it could be. Now, that was because I'd gotten some practice in it. That has not how it always had been. See, one of the other analogies, obviously you want to get your pants changed before you start smelling too bad. But the other one that I like, because that, that goes with acceptance, so to speak. Let's, if we go back Ex to our acceptance of change acceptance and understanding of change that though the change is painful and irritating, most likely, high probability, or at least the history that you have in your life, is you usually end up in a better spot. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there's also, if you remember, if you grew up on cartoons in the 90s, there would be a character that would have so much stuff in his closet that when you would open the closet, it would just be a waterfall of basketballs and suitcases and tennis rackets, and it would just fall down upon that person. And I think acceptance at times, when you're looking at one of these significant life moments that involves a career change, I, I think until you accept or change the perspective that it was what it needed to be, don't get so consumed in what if, what would have been, what could have been, was a failure, I should, if you get to that SH word, as soon as you close that closet door, all the messes, all the tennis rackets, all the suitcases, they all get to stay back there in that closet. And acceptance helps you with that mess that was all around you. It helps you to close the door and move forward. And, and the sooner you get to accepting a reality that you can't change, the sooner you get to close the pain that's involved in the belief that you had some ability to play some instrumental role in that change. You weren't supposed to be at that job because it didn't light your passions. And because it didn't light your passions, your performance failed. And so we get stuck on believing that I just am, I got a bad work ethic. My work ethic is just garbage. I should work a little harder. And what I've learned from my experience is there is truth to that. Like there, there are always transactional issues that end to the end that essentially become your reaper. There will be that transaction, that one thing you did that was the final blow, and now guillotine drops, right? So that'll happen. But what, what I've learned from that is if you look back and say, why did it happen? What happened because my focus was waving. My focus wasn't there because the I didn't have passion about the work that was in front of me. Because when I have passion about the work that's in front of me, Performance is never an issue. Yeah, well, the, the phrase I've always heard on that is you never get fired for what you get fired for. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. They'll, they'll, they'll call you in there and have some little one-page thing about what you've done. Yeah. But in the bottom line, what, you, what you're getting walked out for, it was exactly what you said. You stopped coming in and applying the intention that this was the place you wanted to be. You started coming with that should, shouldn't. And, if, and you'll sit there in that. You will continue to smell that ripe aroma of the change needed around you whenever you're not willing to accept, whenever you're not going to lay back on the changing table and let it happen. See, now that is of the acceptance. Now, a more powerful way to go about change is not let anybody else even really do, let anybody else into the process. You can handle it yourself. So I like the analogy of that change coming at you like a wave. And that wave has options based on how you handle it. It can become your demise, what crashes down on you, leaves you debilitated, makes you want to curl up into a ball and just hope the pain goes away, hope that at some point you can catch breath again. Or you can look at that wave like the most exciting thing you got coming at you. Grab that surfboard of self-reliance, that surfboard of courage, that knowing within you, you've got what it takes to handle whatever life's bringing to you. Grab that surfboard, hop on it and surf your wave of change. Because that is what I am in the middle of trying to do right now. As we speak, I am constantly sitting on the banks of life, looking at waves coming at me that I need to go grab a surfboard and hop onto. And you want to surf different places, right? You want to catch some waves in Santa Monica. Then you want to go to you want to go somewhere off the coast of Hawaii. It's important to realize that in your example, what you did is you you left one job and went into an, a very similar role. You created this limiting belief that I can only be this guy, right? Yeah. I'm only capable of managing people doing these functions in these environments, and you kept recycling that logic. That's the cage I built around myself. You kept myself. coming back to that and coming back. What am I qualified to do? This, this, this. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we... We take our experience and we continue to cast it into our future. And we don't live the lesson that the experience was trying to show us. And so we keep stumbling into it. And so we change the environment, but we don't change the action involved in whatever we're doing, whatever the profession is. It rhymes with what you didn't like last time, Mm -hmm. with what didn't feed your creative engine. It didn't feed your belly, right? Those things that didn't work last time, changing the location isn't going to work either. It's tough to find new change with old ideas. Absolutely. (laughs) The thoughts really piled up this episode. Join us next time. We will continue the discussion. We would like to thank you for listening to the Feral Minds podcast. Hopefully we triggered some curiosity that will have you seeking more. Remember, your mind is meant to run. Slap some sneakers on that bad boy and take it around the block. If you'd like to connect with us or enlist our feral thoughts on a problem in your life, visit us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or at theferalminds.com. Also remember, our thought line is always available 24-7. We don't even allow it to sleep. And we want to hear from you. That number is 866-340-3394. Again, that number is 866-340-3394. 3394. We look forward to hearing from you.